Welcome to the Mommy Matters podcast, where Mommy Matters is a double entendre that states and declares that mommies matter, where we have conversations surrounding Mommy Matters from conception to pregnancy to postpartum, mother and father wounds, dating, mindfulness and self-care, spirituality, parenting, discipline, legislation, money, and so much more. It is my hope and my prayer that the information that you gather here serves as a blueprint for generational and individual ascension. Enjoy. All right, welcome to the Mommy Matters podcast where we discuss all things mommy, intergenerational healing, self-care, um, from taking care of your children to taking care of yourself, all of those things that are important for our lives and for uh, better future generations. So today I'm excited because we have a special guest and, you know, I'm, I'm a very um, on the fly person. So when I see somebody that I want to talk to or I want to have a conversation with, I'm, the, I'm that person that just rolls up on people and just start talking to them. And it never fails me that it's always a person that I need to talk to. So, you know, it works out. So, so today is episode three of the Mommy Matters podcast, and I'm excited again to have a guest, Miss Mrs. Ann Dillard, and she. I'm going to let her introduce herself because um, everything her work is phenomenal. Everything that she does is so there's very few people that I have seen doing the same work, uh, but it's so critical and integral to our ability to one parent well, two, to heal ourselves in order to do that parenting well and to heal our communities and our families, et cetera, et cetera, to do that deep work that is required. So I'm going to stop talking for three seconds and, or three minutes, I should say, and allow Anne to introduce herself and talk about her work um, and then we'll get into the interview. And Hey, good morning, Cecile. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast and congratulations. This is amazing. I am Ann Dillard. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm licensed in two states, Minnesota and in Georgia. And my primary focus is working with teens. So I'm a teen coach and I'm a teen therapist predominantly girls and I've worked for many years in the middle school setting offering therapy for girls but one of the things that I've realized along the way is that when I serve my clients who are young girls I can't serve them unless I'm also serving their families and usually in that instance it means working with their moms as well and, and so I'm just really, really excited for the opportunity to travel worldwide, to work with young women, to, to help instill hope and to heal relationships. So I'm glad to be here and have this conversation with you today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And if you haven't noticed by now, the title of our podcast today is Healing Mother-Daughter Relationships. Um, one of the reasons why, you know, Mommy Evolve was started and why I even got into this work was because I noticed through my own process, and this is, I was an adult woman 
through my own process that one of the things that I could not get over the hump with in my healing process, I was doing all of the things that they say you should do, right, in, in healing. And one of the things that I, the hump that I could not get over was my relationship with my mother and reconciling that in my mind and in my spirit and in my understanding of the world, right? So everyone was telling me, you know, you have to give people boundaries, but then I needed to give my mother boundaries and I couldn't do that because I'm like, but she's my mom. I shouldn't be, have to give her boundaries, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And so I love that you said that, you know, in healing, when you're dealing with teenage girls, of course, first of all, they're teenagers. And I know that, you know, in, in some communities, in our community, in the Black community, particularly, we like for our children to be grown very quickly. But the truth of the matter is, is that they are not grown, even at 18. <laughs> um, you know, what they look like, how they develop has to do with a lot of other things besides, you know, their mental development. And so, I appreciate that you said that. So I really want you to um, talk about how you even came to do this kind of work, because this is very, this is unique work. So how did you come to do this, this kind of work? And um, what are some of the primary issues you see in mother daughter relationships that you, you, you handle that you deal with? Oh my goodness. You know what you talk about boundaries and things like that. And this is, a work in progress. I don't think it's ever done because the mother-daughter relationship is such it's such a rich relationship. It's such a fulfilling relationship. It's one of the most important relationships that we'll ever experience. Yeah, it's always evolving, and um, it, it's always evolving. There's there's I don't know that there's ever an end to that relationship because if not even death ends that relationship and the things that you're always learning and developing. I came to this work uh, because again, as a licensed marriage and family therapist, you know, we've had to dig and it's hard to do the work unless we're uh, reflecting and, and doing our own stuff. Right. Now I'm, I'm still, I'm, to be honest, I'm still, you know, working on my relationship with my mother. Uh, however, I got um, involved in this project to, to write a chapter for this book called Unchain My Legacy. Yes. yes and yes. oh my goodness, it wasn't just putting 4,000 words on a piece of paper, let me tell you. Oof, I can imagine. I, yes, I had to look at how... I'm parenting, and I've had this in the back of my mind for a while, so this book was just a catalyst to, to help me work it out, mm -hmm. and so I had to look at how I was parenting and, and the things that I didn't like about my, how my mother parented, and then the harsh reality was finding out that I've passed on some of those things to my daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. not intentionally yeah. I mean when I started being a mommy I had a list right <laughs> I had a list and I said 
this is not gonna happen to mine this is not gonna happen to mine this is not gonna happen right. you know all these things this it's not gonna happen to my daughter i'm gonna she's gonna know that her dark skin is beautiful and so i dressed her and i told her, her she was beautiful every single day and she got that confidence, but there were other things that I wasn't aware of that seeped into our relationship. Mm. And that's where I had to do the work. Right, right. It's, it's, it's interesting because we always say, we always have that um, thought process that I, I'm never going to do this when it comes to my, yeah. my child. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, while you know, that may be something that individuals who have, like, I always go to indigenous societies and certain cultures that are very tight knit, right? So you see how they raise children and you're like, okay, well, these things can happen in their communities because they have, you know, mothers, aunties, grandmothers, all these people who are, you know, have, have taken the the time and have this similar view of parenting to assist you and guide you in parenting. And so, yeah, you could probably say, I'm never going to do this because you have a community to support you in, do, in never doing that, right. right? Somebody to hold you accountable to never doing that. But what I found was that as a single parent, as a, <laughs> when I was a single parent anyway, even now as a, 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 a uh, a married parent, you know, the uh, the brunt of the burden often falls on the mother to do the work of parenting, which there's, there's some good things behind that. And then there's some things behind that, that we need to release. Right. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, I went through the same process with my daughter, you know, she, she literally, followed some of my past and my steps and I had to really take this a look back and I'm thankful that I'm able to do it now when she's younger so that when she gets older there oh, is wow. a, a more robust conversation because she is only 10 and this is work that I have been doing for the past you know like five years and so yeah it's very critical we often think as parents about the very topical things when it comes to parenting like mm -hmm. you know having enough money which you know we never have, have enough money anyway exactly. <laughs> children are expensive but we think about the topical things how they're going to dress what they're going to look like what school they're going to go to but there are some much deeper things it's such as the the connection you were saying that um mothers and daughters have this very deep connection because it's a spiritual connection it's not just you know it's not just biological right right and what she looks like it's literally a spiritual connection so yeah so i and, and you know, one of the things that I would say also, Cecile, is that this transcends race. It mm -hmm. trans it's in every community. So yes, a lot of communities have more support and things like that. Mm -hmm. But even in those communities, there's still the struggle between mother daughter. Absolutely, yes. You know, maybe on a different you look level. In the immigrant Yes. You look in the immigrant community because I, I serve a lot of immigrant families mm -hmm. and part of the struggle is around wanting better for your daughter and how do you navigate this person that your daughter is becoming in America? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is a big, big, big struggle and it causes a divide because, you know, a lot of times you're parenting with fear. 
Right. Oh my goodness. Can you let's let's expand on that because I know I have been there. I probably still am there with the parenting with fear thing, right? Because it's like oh you, you want certain things to turn out. Like for example, I'm a homeschooling yeah. parent. So you know that mm -hmm. it's become more popular these days, but that's something that you think about, like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, am I preparing my child well enough? Or, you know, mm -hmm. if you're not doing, you know, every all the all the children are in certain kinds of programs and learning dance and stem and all of these things it's like if I'm not doing that yeah. am I failing as a parent like or you know if I'm not spanking them for example because I was raised getting spanked so if I don't spank them am I doing the right thing there's all of these fearful questions yes so there anyway are. Mm -hmm. there are and you know some of the fears what the way I handled those fears, and I just had this conversation with my daughter on my talk show, Teen Talk Live, mm -hmm. and, and we were talking about it. And I said, you know, I had so many fears around parenting, and here's one of the biggest fears that I had. My fear was that if I shared with her some of the things that I was afraid of, or some of the things that I went through as a kid, it would impact her life mm. in a negative way okay. and that was like listening to her tell me mom no that would help me understand you a lot better and so that's something I wish I had the skills to be more transparent with my children mm -hmm. you know like to say no, I don't have, I don't have you go on sleepovers because I'm, a, I'm afraid that you might get molested. Like I was molested, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And just holding all of those fears in really perpetuated some of the things that I was trying to save them from. Right. Because right. what you focus on, what you focus on is what multiplies. Right right in the way that you focus on it right because as you said you were coming from it with from a fear-based situation and in this universe we have so many different possibilities of the way things can happen and so it's like you know yeah. to think of things yeah. from a fear base is, is is you know honest is not um rational but that's what we that's the way that we've been um trained to think that's Exactly. And that's how we end up passing on some of these things that we said we would never do because we're trying to hold it so close when it's happening, different things are happening on the background, but we're so focused on these areas that we don't take time to, to be open, to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and and even share our failures with our children yeah. some people do it and some people do it really well but what happens when you've never learned to do that or you've never seen that model for you right exactly and and when is it appropriate right so you know you your child is five six seven years old can you say to them that you know of course i think that you can of course because open communication is the number one thing that i always say we need to do more intergenerationally mm -hmm. um 
but that's not easy of course it's not easy but you also have to be very um, age appropriate with, with what you say to your children yeah. because they're just hearing you say no you know no you're not doing that but right. there is a reason right. behind it you know okay and then you have to think about okay well have I had a conversation with my child about their agency over their bodies and no one being able to or having the right to touch them in a certain way um, so right. all of those things come to a head and I think that that's something that you know that needs to be part of parenting classes <laughs> you know it really needs to be a part of yeah yeah of our, it needs to be a part of our dialogues mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely because it's um it's that that relationship with your daughter that i mean there, it has so many layers and like you said it's more than biological it's spiritual Mm -hmm. Right. And your daughter is looking to you because in her eyes, you are the giant of mm -hmm. the world. You are the epitome of perfection. Mm -hmm. You are what she wants to be. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, even if she doesn't want to be, she ends up modeling you. Right. You are her model as as her mom. And so, you know, you have things like admiration, but you also have conflict and competition. Yeah. You there are a lot so many la layers of yeah. complexities in that relationship. Right, right, right. And, and we have to navigate it, you know, in such a tender way that supports ourselves as the mom and also the growth of our child our daughters right right and that takes a lot of self-reflection self-care self-love um you know these things are not separate from that you know you have to really get to a point as a woman to know how to develop a good relationship with yourself and with other women because it may not be you that has that conversation too honestly you know my, my daughter has a lot of aunties and I'm like listen there's no way I could have every conversation that needs to be had <laughs> right? Yeah, right there's no way and so this is the, the the power of the sisterhood as well and the power of yes. um, you know the community in, in assisting you with um, bringing those these issues out but I think the main thing is to not cover up any of these issues you know ask yes. you know, ask ask your higher self how to broach the situation but definitely hiding it or keeping it aside because I know for example there's things that my mother has never said to me but I know that it exists you know exactly and so exactly. Her, her not saying it to me I think may add to and not just for myself but for other women when we know as children because of our sensitivity to our mother's um knowledge and spirit and things like that uh, we know that things exist but they're not telling us and so we feel a, a level of i feel betrayal or a level of yeah. um you know like we're not important enough for this information to be shared with us and that we could have not gone through certain things because you know this information was was shared with us um by with our mothers yeah so absolutely and you know teenagers it, it, teenagers especially you know are looking for they're looking for loyalty they're looking for connections and if they deem that oh my mom is being fake mm -hmm. you know that that is that just damages the relationship and on so many levels 
mm-hmm. so many levels. And, and, and then again, the mothers, who taught us to have those conversations? Right. So that's why the sisterhood is, that you spoke of is, so, is such an important entity in our lives, having that sisterhood. I remember right before my daughter um, got married, this was like two years ago. My daughter is now, she's almost 29. And about two years ago, when she was getting ready to get married, she came home. And I think one of the best gifts that I could have given her was I called all my sister girlfriends, I called them my side-by-side sisters. And we took her out to lunch and they poured into her, mm-hmm. you know, as a community, as a village. And they just, you know, they just got her and, and I, it was so beautiful. Right. It was, it was very beautiful. And I think that was one of the best gifts that I could have given her yes. is the gift of the, the, the womanhood community. I agree. I agree. Because it's, it's like, you know, when you're going through something, the most difficult thing is who do I have to turn to, to who are, who's just going to understand, right? I don't necessarily need well, someone to solve the issue, but someone who's just going to no. listen to me so I don't feel like I'm going crazy in this situation, because that's what happens to a lot of people. They feel so alone in whatever it is that, that is right. happening with them. You know, they're having, right. you know, an, an issue that is quite regular in, in a marriage, but they never heard anybody talk about that issue. And so therefore... Yeah. <laughs> They don't know that this is, oh, this is normal. And this is how we can, you know, navigate that type yes. of situation. Um, right. Yeah. And so I can and agree with told that. told us some stuff, you know, they're like, yeah, you excited about getting married, girlfriend, but don't start nothing. You're not going to finish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they got her You got to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to be honest. Uh-huh. And that's that level of honesty that we need to hear. And that's why I loved your conversation um, where you asked the question, what would my 13-year-old self have wanted to oh. It's like, you know, you can ask that for every age or, you know, age bracket. <laughs> you know, what would I have wanted to know about this age group? Because that's that age group, is, you know, we know that can be tumultuous. It's teenage years, you know, a lot of hormonal changes. And, yeah. Yeah. And what and have 13, you discovered? Mm-hmm. Yes. 13 is such a significant age. Mm-hmm. Um, both physically, developmentally, emotionally, 13 is one of those ages that it's, it's, it's a pivotal point in your life. And um, I wrote about this in my chapter in Unchain My Legacy, where I started the conversation with my daughter by saying, what do you wish you knew at 13? And it so happened that she had her 13-year-old journal next to her. Now she's almost 29. How do you have your journal right next to you, right? <laughs> and she went through and she read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I included excerpts of that in the chapter. And she read it. And the amazing thing about it was her conclusion about what she wished she knew at 13 was also my conclusion. Wow. About wow. what I knew, I knew at 13. 
Right. And so I've been asking this question across the world. I travel and I do work in, in West Africa and I've been asking women the same question. And one woman told me, she said, I wish I knew what it felt like to be loved, truly loved by a man. Mm. Because then I wouldn't have spent the rest of my life trying to find it. Oh, child. See, that's a whole nother um, show right there. <laughs> See, a whole no. other show. And yes. And there were, oh, there were, I mean, there were so, I mean, so real because that question takes people to, it, it, it's almost hypnotizing. It is. And it takes you into a reflective place. Yes. That, you know, you don't know what's going to come out. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's, that, it's so powerful. And, you know, in all of the, all that I have done myself, I've come to realize that it all comes down to the level of love for self that is poured into a young person. Absolutely. That's what it all Absolutely. comes down to. It's, you know, we, we think that when we have children, that everything that we do with them is about making them conform to what is okay yes. in our society and in our family. Right. And the truth of the matter is it's really about them learning to love who they are at that particular moment in time and letting them evolve themselves, just like we needed to do when we were younger. But of course, we didn't exactly. have that opportunity, unfortunately, just because of the way that you know, life was. Now things are changing, right? Now young young people, I feel anyway, are getting the opportunity to express themselves, to explore right. you know, ideas around, you know, what love actually is from, you know, the opposite sex or within their families and redefining these things. Um, and, and I think, and I'm thankful for that, that I see that happening. You know, we have to allow them to be free. And a lot of times, you know, they'll be doing something, it's nothing harmful, but you'll see them like trying to change what they're doing when an adult comes around. And I'm like, and I'm always like, no, you have to be free, be you, go ahead and do dance or whatever you want to do. It's not because that's, that's letting me know who you actually are and being able to accommodate you and talk to you around those things in a way that's going to guide you in, 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 in to be your best self, you know, but if you're hiding and doing something that is not what you actually want to do, then I'm not actually going to be able to guide you and what you need at all. Mm -hmm. Right. That is so true. And then there is the segment of the population of young people who are are misguided they have no guidance because mm -hmm. for whatever reason mom is disconnected mm -hmm. mom is trying to figure out some things herself so by i've worked in the school systems for over 25 years mm -hmm. and in the last five years i've worked as a school-based mental health therapist okay and so i get to see the young girls try to find identity Mm -hmm. and gravitate to anything that will help them to feel emotionally because we've been emotionally shut down, mm. right? And, mm -hmm. and, they, and I find one of the biggest things that I have to teach them is about emotional intelligence. Yes. And that's something that I didn't teach my children well enough in my reflection. I didn't know about but I see my grandkids and they're doing such a good job 
teaching my grandkids, you know, emotional language and, and teaching them how to express themselves and have that appreciation. But I'm looking at these young girls and I'm telling you, they, they have two emotions. I'm mad mm-hmm. or, or angry. Everything is angry. I'm angry or I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like everything goes to angry, right? And so sitting there with them in a room with a chart to say, well, tell me about that. When, when you started to feel angry, what happened right before that? And could it have been that you were disappointed? Mm-hmm. But, you know, they've never learned how to experience right. or express things other than Anger. anger, because anger is such a not acceptable, and in the other words, expected emotion and reaction. Mm-hmm. And so we are losing a segment of our society by not giving our teens those um, those skills. Right. And and one of the things that. I'm noticing and I've noticed and brought attention to is what they'll end up doing is they'll create their own family system yes. in middle school. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my day one. That's my baby mama. That's my baby daddy. Yes. You know, they have labels and yes. roles for the people who they believe is close to them and they create their own family system. Yep. That is absolutely true. That is absolutely, and, and look, they're creating a family system with people who are in the same boat as them, <laughs> right? And so it's like, okay, where is, where is the ability to grow? Where is the ability to grow? And I love that you said uh, what you said about the emotional intelligence and our ability to really teach our children how to access and be okay with the different emotions that they feel, of course, but everything doesn't have to be reacted to. Right. Sometimes things can just be sat with and then it is just a teaching point on what it is that you need to learn about yourself. So if something disappointed you, you now you understand that you don't like that thing. Right. Or that thing is not something that you want to experience anymore. And that's okay. That's part of life. We all do that every day. (laughs) right we do that every single day like if you take a bite of food and you don't like that food you're not going to be mad at the food you're just going to be like listen i ain't never buying this food again (laughs) i'm not eating (laughs) and that's it and that's okay and it's it's you know but i think that when your experiences growing up or as a child is uh colored with um disappointment after disappointment and failure after failure and no one is there to say you know it's okay you know people are only Mm -hmm. giving you the option of pushing down your feelings this is how the explosion of these things happen um so it's critical yeah even from a very young age because i work with even smaller it really is and yeah and they it starts there you know it starts there i had a young girl who would always say i'm angry I'm like, you're angry. She was so young. She was like six, seven. I said, are you disappointed about something? Are you confused that something happened and, and you thought that something else would happen? Or, you know, give me some specifics here. <laughs> what's, what's actually going on? Right. Being angry? Right. Hmm. I don't know. You know, you seem like you're going to make it. 
like you're gonna make yes. it like like you know everything's gonna be all right we just gotta figure out what what's actually going on here so i i can totally feel you on that i, I do nannying i'm a nanny um Mm-hmm. at this time and so yeah you know I get to experience different age levels and, and such and see how right. they function and operate um so I love that so that's that. the difference though in 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 learning how to communicate and promoting that emotional intelligence because I remember growing up I mean I if I said I was angry it was like go sit down somewhere you know right. what you got to be angry about you got food to eat you got clothes to wear you got a bed to sleep in you 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 understand what i mean so it's just shut down and you never really learned how to explore that and what you just gave was an excellent example of how to dig a little deeper and give them a range of emotions to pull from right yes i I love it i really love that you have to think about your own emotions again always has to go back to you as the adult how are you taking care of yourself because you know as adults oftentimes we are not given the the space either because it's just you know unfortunately the society that we live in sometimes we're not given the space especially as women oftentimes as black women because you know we're seen as strong ones and the ones who don't you know shouldn't have to complain about anything and so you know are we giving ourselves the permission to feel what it is we feel and really get in touch with what what we're actually feeling and how what we need I just had this experience recently I was talking to my my husband and family I was like we need to move out of the state this place is getting on my nerves I had this whole breakdown and then I was like Cecile you are being so irrational right now what is really going on here and so I came to discover that I was not experiencing my life the way that I need to experience it. So I wasn't traveling enough. I'm a traveler, right? I've traveled a lot and I, and I want to, so, and, but the past like two years, I haven't traveled nearly enough. And so I was like, you know what, that's probably what it is. I haven't been going anywhere. And so I need to, I need to go more places in order to feel like, you know, I'm doing something with my life because that's my way to take care of myself. I have to travel and do those things, you know? And so again, we have to feed your spirit. Exactly. Exactly. And we have to know what that is. And I think that's great to know for ourselves because then we can understand what it is our children need. We can ask questions around what they need. What is actually or is it knowing them and observing them? Do you need to like go outside and run around or do you need to go, you know, what is it that you actually need in this, in this moment? Or do you need to go to sleep? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Cause yeah. I know when my daughter gets crabby, I'm like, Oh, you haven't had a nap. I, and she's 29. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you didn't sleep well last night. Uh, let me come back later. <laughs> naps, naps are good. Do you hear me? <laughs> yes. They yes. are necessary yes. for functioning in life. Okay. So. They Hashtag. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I have to. I have to say that um, one of the things that um, I deal with, or that I have observed a lot is that a lot of us as adults need to go back and we talked about this already but we need to go back and and really reconnect with our inner child and really heal around our inner child for whatever thing that we are going through um can really be resolved 
right go back to that age and that stage of wherever some kind of trauma happened so that we can find ways to reconcile within ourselves so i wanted you to talk about that a little bit in context of healing the mother-daughter relationship and really understanding um how to observe certain behaviors and such perhaps or what what is your take on that that's that's so um funny that you would ask that because in in the chapter i also explore that from a therapeutic standpoint and um there is this uh, therapeutic model called contextual family therapy Mm. and the premise of this is that we give to our children what have been given to us Mm. as an effort to balance our ledgers our emotional ledgers mm-hmm. that we, we, well, first of all, the premise is we're all born with a ledger. Okay. Right. And we give what has been given to us. But the other side of it is we also take away from our next generation what have been taken away from us in effort to balance that ledger. Hmm. Interesting. So, Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is what I want to get the word out about. Okay, so when we use the term generational curses, mm-hmm. that kind of puts the onus on somebody else and gives the implication that you really can't do nothing about it because this is generation. Big mama did it, mama did it, grandmama did it, and you know, but the reality is what we call generational curses, those are just behavioral patterns that we keep repeating over and over. And we pass it on to our daughters and and they pass it on to their daughters and things like that in an effort to balance an emotional ledger. Right, right. And so the question is, how do you break out of it? How do and you break away from those generational curses? I know through intentionality, number one, because right, right because when you're on that autopilot, because the inner child is is the, the the subconscious, you know, things that we just do without even thinking about. It. In some cases, some of those things are great. You know, if you get up in the morning at 5 a.m. and go exercise, you know, you're doing something great. But if you are automatically just eating, you know, a bag of potato chips or, you know, eating things or doing things that, you know, are unhealthy or that are not pushing you towards being better, then, you know, then we then we need to look at that more deeply. So absolutely. And. You said a bag of potato chips. It is something my daughter and I talked about because that's how I dealt with emotions. I ate and I was an emotional eater and I passed that on to her, Right. you know, that emotional eating habit. And so even to one, you have to bring some kind of awareness to it. And you want, you have to want to make a difference. You have to want to change. And sometimes we don't know or we don't want to change because changing is harder mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of deep work, yes. right? And another reason why people don't want to change is because in some instances, they haven't seen anything better modeled for them. Right. Absolutely. Right. Right. So, and it can be so a challenge. Right. It can yeah. be a challenge when you're around. Like, you know, I remember when I turned into, I was a vegan and vegetarian. Everybody in my family was like, but you grew up eating, you know, 
all of this stuff. You know, family is from the Caribbean, so you know they eat all kinds of stuff. And I was like, I well, I just simply don't want to eat that right now. I just don't. My body doesn't. Know. Feel it. You know, talk about um, being from the Caribbean. Uh, when I stopped eating fried dumplings, my mother was like, "What?" But you, you blast me, right? right? <laughs> That's blasphemous. You hear me? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh -huh. But um, I, I tell you, um, exposing ourselves to things that are different or people who are different really helps us. And informing your own village really helps helps you in your journey to encourage you to doing something different. And um and healing those parts because a, a lot of this I didn't realize or understood till I went to grad school. Right, right, right. You know, and so it's it, sometimes it feels like I'm working backwards, but the best place to start is where you are, and so that's what I decided to do. That's it. Start that's where it. I am. That's it. And often, a lot of times, I won't say. Well, sometimes <laughs> when you start making certain mm -hmm. changes and people see that you have made those changes, they'll start to mm -hmm. follow along in the family in any way that exactly. they can anyway, right? So my having right. lost weight and just being in a healthier place, period, has really um, shifted the mentality of my mom and, of course, of my daughter and other people in the family about what it is to be healthy, healthy you know, um, right. or what it is to just live differently in terms of the way you think about yourself and you see yourself, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so it, it has, it has dividends. It pays dividends. <laughs> You'll be taxed a little bit. In the, in the sometimes slowly. Sometimes very slowly. slowly. Yes. It can be very slow. Yes. But you have to think about it long-term. This is for my legacy. Right. Right. This is a legacy journey, you know, so it might not impact those directly related right now, but you're setting the precedence for your future generations. Right. And you have to be, somebody has to be the person in a family that the stories are told about who did something different. Right. And that's how that has a ripple effect yes. in, in, in your, uh, in your family and in your legacy. So absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Um, I just want to talk about um, some ways, some steps that daughters of estranged uh, mothers or vice versa can rebuild their relationships, right? Because there's situations where um, it may or may not even be possible to rebuild those relationships because there are some things right. I, in your practice, you may have heard some, some horrific stories of, you know, things that happen in those relationships. And I know I've heard a lot uh, myself. Yes. And so, you know, how does a daughter deal with that feeling of disconnection? Because again, not being close to your mother is a very it can leave you feeling very empty you know yes yes in all areas of your life in all in yes all, mm -hmm. all areas right and so and so acknowledging first of all to me is is the number one thing in um, deciding what it is that you want if you were to have the ideal relationship with your mom what would that look like mm -hmm. and realistically looking at that to to see is it possible mm -hmm. 
Because for some people, it's not possible because, you know, let's say, for example, I have a lot of friends whose moms have mental illnesses or uh, have some kind of addiction and they're absent. And so in that case, something like that isn't possible right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, another thing that I talk about in, in the chapter that I wrote is, is to know that because you want it doesn't necessarily mean that it's time for that other person. So respecting their time factor is very important mm -hmm. in, in, in not just dumping on them, but to, to investigate and see if this is the time to build that relationship and build that connection. Mm -hmm. The, um, the third thing that I would say is, is some people might never find the time again, that directly correlates with the number one thing. They might not have the ability, but some people might never find, find the time. They might never, um, come, they might never have, the willingness even to do that. I remember one of my supervisors telling me a couple of weeks ago, she's like, you know, her mom passed before they were able to reconcile on that level. Right. And she has to navigate her mom's voices in her head mm -hmm. and make peace with that. Mm -hmm. So you might not be able to do it physically, right? But emotionally, you can work through that. Right. And, and the, the last thing I'll say about that is sometimes we need help along this journey. And so finding accountability partner or a strong therapist to help you walk through this journey is really, really critical because you don't have to do it alone. And there might be painful things that you will relive. And that's probably some of the reasons why there's that estrangement estrangement in the in the first place so reliving those painful things having somebody equipped and qualified to help you walk through that can really save you some detriment absolutely yeah it's definitely yes that that yeah. that therapy around that is very very um important uh because one the professional assistance will help to validate your your feelings because i know again when i was going through this i couldn't really talk to many people about it because people you know what people say when you say anything about this issue of having issues with your mom they'll be like well that's your mom or that's you know that's mama. that's the conversation that right and yeah. so that's not you helpful though. Shut down right away right <laughs> mama girl that's your mama she brought you you in this world you should right. be forever grateful right. yes i am and i want something else and exactly. something more exactly mm -hmm. exactly and that's okay to say that's okay to feel that way you know it's okay and it takes a long time it's not something that's quick as you said because you continue to become re-triggered it takes time to heal this thing you know it's definitely yes. not um something that you can rush through at all <laughs> most Not healing you can't rush through Not but this this is going to probably take years 
again, that connection yeah. between mothers and daughters that is beyond the physical, it really can affect you in some very strong ways. And um, because I'm a holistic practitioner and I deal more so with things like your chakra system and your, your subconscious mind and things like that, you know, I usually give my clients um, the ability to um, use those tools to assist them in their process. Um, but I wanted you to talk a little bit more about your, before we wrap up here, I wanted you to talk a little bit mo more about your book and about any other projects that you have going on, how people can contact you. I know your book is on pre-order. I look forward to getting a copy. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, tell us some more about yeah. that. Well, the book is coming out. It's an anthology with um, 11 other amazing women and myself and we share our stories and we are off we're all from different walks of life these are all black women also who share their their strength and their hope and they share about deep things emotional things but they also share about restoration mm -hmm. grace forgiveness in my chapter, I talk about my daughter, my experience with my daughter and passing on some of those um, emotional debt that I yes. spoke of to her. And one example is watching her gain weight mm. and remembering the embarrassment, the failure that I felt around that because I was of such a, a large weight myself and end up passing on the emotional eating piece to her. However, she's given us so much grace. She has given me grace. Right. And we, we have restored that relationship. We had to, you know, dig deep into that. So that's coming out. And, um, and that book can be ordered at ann.unchainmylegacy.com. And, um, and, and it, it promises, it's more than a book. It really is a manual because mm -hmm. at the end of each, chapter you'll find awarenesses you'll find tips you'll find um steps and examples to help you in your process of unchaining and uh and and so that's really good on monday nights i'm the host of teen talk live on facebook under ann dillard mm -hmm. and so for may and june those months we worked on or are working on mother-daughter relationships yes Yes, yes, yes. And I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist licensed in the state of Minnesota, states of Minnesota and Georgia. And my primary um, client are teenagers and um, I females, preferably females. I do serve other populations, but I do serve females because again, Part of that is what I do well, is helping to heal the mother-daughter relationship. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, the show, the um, your teen talk show is so fabulous. It's just open and real and raw, and I love it. <laughs> I watched the episode with you and your daughter, and I was like, oh my gosh, I hope, I hope she wants to you know, be on my podcast, and here you are. Thank you. <laughs> Because this is such critical Absolutely. information. I mean, it's so critical. It will save us a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of um, wasted mental energy where, so that we can enjoy the parenting, the mother-daughter relationship. It's, it, you know, it can be yes, so enjoyable. Exactly. You know, it could be so yes. fruitful, you know, exactly. um, if we move and, out. And look, and part of it is, 
selfish too because I don't want her to keep me away from my grandkids. <laughs> no, but that's but they need you. Your grandchildren need you. Yeah. Right. So and it's still healthy me. Exactly. So it's it's like the work is not easy, but it's so worth it on so it's many so levels. Worth it. So worth it. So worth it. You know, so I thank you yeah. so much for doing that work and I look forward to sharing out this um and people listening to this and you getting feedback. How can people contact you via email or any way if they want to work with you or yeah. email uh my website is andiller.com uh com on social media. Um Ann Dillard on Instagram. I'm Miss Ann uh LinkedIn. I'm on all the social media platforms, Ann Dillard LMFT, YouTube, Ann Dillard LMFT. And so uh people can do that. And my phone number is 763-228-9757. And uh just look me up and I will be happy to engage with anyone. Absolutely. And that's Ann without an E, A-N-N only. <laughs> right? Just so y'all are clear. Okay. Well, I want y'all to make a mistake when you go to buy the book and to, to, to hook up with Miss Ann. No. Now she's going to. Not, that, not Annie Diller. No, no not no, Annie no. Diller. <laughs> Just so we're clear, okay? Um, because I want the pathway yes. to be clear for people to get what they need from you and your expertise and, you know, perhaps even sending their mm -hmm. own daughters over to you to get that um, understanding and mm -hmm. that, that love and that experience that, that is needed. It's so needed. Yes. And I am so thankful and grateful for you um, and, and joining us. And if there's any last minute thing that you want to say or any words of wisdom, feel free. Um, yes. Well, I just want to say thank you, Cecile, for this opportunity. This is really, um, you know, it's becoming, it's, it's more of a taboo conversation to, you know, again, to have how, why, you know, this your mama kind of thing. And um, we need to continue these conversations. I, I did forget to say that I am starting a membership group in June. It's called I Love My Daughter But. <laughs> and so Ooh, it's that form. Mm -mm -mm. it's gonna yes. be for you know mothers <laughs> daughters who want to navigate this relationship and offering it's from my personal experience along with therapeutic uh, um, interventions to help navigate this very important critical relationship and I just want to tell everybody you know it's hard work but it's worth it it really is worth it and so give it a try give it a try thank you so much and with that said thank you for joining us for the mommy matters podcast and i look forward to having more conversations with you about mommy matters and what matters to mommy so thank you and enjoy the rest of your day Peace. did you like that I know it was as informative for you as it was for me. Look, this is a process for all of us. And to keep this process going, I would love to invite you to donate to our podcast. We want to continue to give you high-level content, 
beautiful content that enlightens and inspires and broadens your vision to elevate you and evolve. So please feel free to go to the podcast page at anchor.fm forward slash mommy matters. We would love to hear your questions and comments as well so that we can discuss them in future podcasts. And you can email that to momevolve at gmail.com. You can also visit the website and send your comments there www.mommyevolve.com and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Peace and love.